this tonight uh, uh, discussion with titling it uh, Clarity Before and During Marriage. Amen. And uh, <clears throat> we just want to have a sh you know just a short discussion, you know, on things that could help someone. Um, I have you know we'll just be talking about what we have here and then discussing about it. I just want to ask my wife: Is it good to have uh, the first step of the day? Be filled with a lot of smile, right? Yes. With love and joyfulness. But does temptation stop when you are married? And why should we guide our heart if it doesn't stop? Why should we uh, remain focused? on our marriage why is it important for us to remain focused okay the first one uh the first part you said was uh should there be smiles and happiness yes uh yes i think it should because um we uh it's almost like we run to a beat of a drum there's rhythm in a marriage and um we run off of that rhythm and um if the if my rhythm is off, then it'll affect your rhythm as well as uh, the rest of the rhythm in the house with the children. So um, it uh, does affect all of that. Um, and the other part was... So temptation, you know, why should we guard our heart for and against temptation that might want to slide in, you know, uh, during uh, marriage? You know, because as a married couple, we can't be too friendly, you know, with opposite sex. We should not handle close friendship with opposite sex when, the children. when we are married. So, so um, we shouldn't get our heart involved, you know, with other person beside our husband. Oh, wow. Or our wife, we should guard, you know, against the boundaries, and be disciplined because of temptation. Do you agree with that? Temptation might come. I agree. Sex outside of marriage is dangerous, but sex within marriage is beautiful and rewarding. Um, there's a scripture that talks about uh, um, how God feels about marriage, and the scripture is. Um, um, and I believe it's first, uh, first Corinthians, like the seventh chapter and starting like the 33rd verse. I would encourage you to read that whole chapter of first Corinthians, the seventh chapter, but it talks about, uh, what God requires of a marriage. Yes. Very good. Very good. Um, another point that I was also wants to bring up is, uh, that we should be careful, right? On how we relate and share personal problems because problems comes mm -hmm. you know during during or even before marriage you know with uh, opposite you know uh, sex friends so we should not just run you know to our opposite sex friends and want to discuss about our pro problem right yes so I agree. so we should not let that you know problem 
you know, bond you and the opposite person together. Because when you trying to run towards that person and discussing about the problem in the house, what are you trying to do then? It seems that you, you know, you're going to be bonding as you try to work out that problem and discussing about it in, you know, indirectly. You are establishing another bonding right there. Am I, am I wrong? No. Uh, one thing I can only speak uh, as a woman, we are emotional. And um, we can fall in love with a person without even having sex. Uh, because we run on emotions, so it doesn't uh, take sex for us to fall in love. Um, men, I'm for sure it's different, but we as <laughs> we, but we as women, we do run on emotions, and and literally we can fall in love with someone. So um, um, what he's talking about is how it can be easy for you to um, when you're having problems at home and you become close with someone at work of the opposite sex, it's easy to, where well, you feel like you can't confide yeah. in that spouse. Mm -hmm. You can confide in this Somebody, person. Yeah. And um, those... You don't you see be, no threat yeah. in there because it's outside. Yes. And those emotions, mm -hmm. you Start mix those emotions up. in there, and it's easily get to... get carried away. Yes. Mm -hmm. So uh, I just want to bring another one out. So, you know, should we... Uh, should we have, like, our single, you know, friends as a close friends when we are married? Our single friends that we used to have before, that we used to party with, that we used to go, you know, places with, and, you know, should we still keep them after we get married? Because sometimes they might not see what we see. They might still, you know, because all they want to talk to about is, you know, about talking about their single life, mm -hmm. you know, wants to see go out and, you know, do, you know, go to club or whatever they're doing as a single person. And then come telling you about their single friends, asking you, what do you think? What do you, you know, so should we keep them, you know, still keep them close to us? Or should we just, you know, limit our self with them now since you are now married or should we seek more married couples out there to now you know maybe relate with those married couple and you know start to establish something new what do you think my suggestion on that is that um because this the the title is clarity before and during marriage yes so the before marriage this is should be a topic that you discuss before you get married I believe it should be a decision that is made uh, by both parties. Yes. Um, um, I do believe that if one one of the parties decide, um, feels in their heart that they do not want you to continue this friendship, I think you should um, take their feelings in consideration um, because you don't want to start your marriage off yeah. with uh, an insecurity of that other person. So it should always be something that is a mutual um, decision that says, OK, um, I, I want to come in this marriage um, knowing that we're going to make it and we're not going to bring anything from an out from the outside 
that's going to interfere because marriage by itself is hard, but it's when you add all the other things with it that makes it even harder. And we should be careful in contacting, you know, those single friends, especially, you know, uh, don't contact them, you know, secretly, especially our secret, our old secret admirer that we have before. So we should leave it out now. We don't do that no more, you know, because sometimes, you know, your things might be going on at home. Mm -hmm. And now you have to be careful on what you're sharing or that you feeling that you're tingling or some kind of tingling stuff. You don't want to talk with your husband now. You don't want to deal because of the, you know, problem that was there. Instead of working it up, now you, you know, you know, talking to someone out there. We should be careful so that our heart will not be, you know, uh, taken for granted with somebody else, so we will not, you know, be, you know, uh, uh, dividing, you know, the, the house. And one thing I also want to say on that is relationships don't complete us. And when I think about this, I remember the movie Jerry Maguire, okay. uh, where he says, you complete me. Mm. Um, literally, literally, nobody can complete you. We think that when and and when we're dating, we literally think that this person completes Completely, us yeah. and everything about them is just perfect and and they just complete us. But there is no perfect relationship. There is a, no perfect husband, no perfect wife, no perfect child. Um, the only thing that can complete us is, is the spirit of God yes. in us. Yes. Amen. So and now what do you think about? Avoiding discussion with the opposite sex when you are tired, you know, because sometimes when we are tired, you know, someone calls you out of, you know, nowhere, and maybe, or sometimes you can be sad, depressed, or mad, or even sorrowful, or even sometimes you might be drowsy, mm -hmm. sleepy, or very sick, you know. So, what do you think about? You know, when they discuss it with you, don't you think those things can cloud your judgment on how you respond and make us, you know, say silly things that you might regret later on? Um, I think a husband and wife um, should have, um, like, like I said earlier, this is clarity of mm. before and during yeah. marriage. So again, that clarity, this is something that you should discuss before marriage on boundaries that you set. Um, because some people, they automatically know that when they get upset, they don't handle things well. Mm -hmm. So it should be um, something that is already discussed that when, hey, when I get upset, I like to cool off first before um, I communicate with you about the problem, the yeah. situation. Yeah. Um, so can you allow me? And then you have to set a, a time frame. The thing is, the importance is setting the time frame. It shouldn't be no week. <laughs> I would say, you know, you, you set a boundary on yeah, that time. On Okay, so on this, uh, uh, on, in a day, uh, uh, some hours, then we, we can talk about this, but it should be set a set boundary on that. And I, I do agree that uh, when a person is too tired. Mm -hmm. um, or sometimes it could even involve your partner too. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're talking yeah. about your partner. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like 
you just oh, okay. you don't want to talk at that that particular mm-hmm. time yes. because sometimes you might be going through some things right then and there okay. that you haven't okay. even shared with your spouse yes. and yes. you want you yeah. want to be able to you know whew, bring br- it down yeah you want to breathe yeah. yeah okay all right um what about you know I know sometimes you know when I first you know when we first get married you know I used I don't know if I used to do this you know because I like to compliment you know, so, you know, uh, should a married person, you know, avoid unnecessary eye contact, you know, or you know, unnecessary compliment? That's what Compliments. I want. Yeah. Yes. yes. To the opposite, the opposite sex that might, you know, uh, be taken wrongly. Yes. Yes, because uh, my husband is a very um, um, people person in the sense that when he meets people, he does not meet a stranger. He's very friendly. And sometimes people can take that to the wrong way um, because he, he will yeah. compliment you. So, um, because, you know, that can even happen on the job. Too. Yes. You know, you can, you know, so because sometimes you just maybe somebody's, uh, you know, how they, you know, dress, how they look. Sometimes, you know, so we should be very be careful we should be careful on yes. how we give compliment yes you know on uh, how you give praises you know especially when you are married because some single person might take it wrongly mm-hmm. and you know and that's what we see today that some people even some of the president and things that are going on that you know men has to be especially yes. be careful today yes you know i agree what about unnecessary eye contact that linger <laughs> with the opposite sex. You know, you're looking, you, you know, you're looking at somebody and can't take your eyes off. So what kind of problem is are you digging for yourself as a married person? Um, I will just give the one scripture. Uh, it is Matthew 5, 27 through 28. And it's talking about how when you even look upon a woman to lust after, <laughs> lust after her, yeah. you have sinned. Mm. So you don't even have to actually do the do yeah. or the deed. <laughs> <laughs> but just looking at her to lust after her, you have sinned. Mm, mm, yes. Mm, mm. So what about, you know, if I don't take my time on even telling somebody, you know, uh, as a married person, we have to be careful on giving, you know, saying, I love you to anyone, everybody, you know, just saying I love you, and, you know, we have to be careful. I know mm-hmm. my culture, you know, we are very careful about that. We just don't say I love you. Even, you know, we don't even throw it just like that to our parent, you know, because our parent doesn't say that to us all the time. So, but I've seen it here. Mm-hmm. People just say, I love you, I love you here, I love you. And then they, they're still doing bad to the person that they say they love. So, should, as a married person, should we be careful on giving or saying, I love you to an opposite sex, you know, f- uh, friend or co-worker? I think it depends on the individual. Okay. Um, your relationship with that individual because... Um, it's just like in the church that we uh, were in for 20-something years. Um, 
uh, the pastor taught us love, love, love. It was a really big thing about love and it was nothing for everybody to hug each other mm -hmm. and to mm -hmm. say, I love you. Mm -hmm. But if you were in Christ, you knew that was a Christ love that was, it was nothing else attached to that. Mm -hmm. So a, a husband or a wife didn't have to be jealous about someone of the opposite sex. Okay. Call it telling their saying to their spouse, I love you, my sister. I love you, my brother, because it's in a Christ love. Okay. Okay. I hope they see it like that. Okay. <laughs> uh, what about, you know, uh, in our daily life, don't you think we should be, you know, we should continue to work daily on our marriage to keep the fire of love and romance and life and going? Yes. Even Paul talks about how I die daily. And that's a, it's a daily yeah. walk with mm. Christ. Exactly. So if you got to be in a daily walk with Christ, Christ, mm. who's so much better than us, why wouldn't you have to be in a daily walk with your spouse? Um, I've seen marriages that uh, been together. They've been people that have been together for 50 years, mm. but they still each day yeah. learn something new about each other because um, life changes. Mm -hmm. You have uh, um, different seasons you go through in life. You have uh, the spiritual growth. There's so many types of growth that you can go through mm. in a marriage that um, you're not gonna you're not going to be that same person that you were when you first got married. And that was yes. that's something that my husband. I always tease my husband about because. Uh, I was such a timid type person mm. when we got uh, married. I was very quiet and very shy. And wow. now <laughs> I'm very vocal. I'm very, oh, very man. vocal. And um, he used to always tell me, I can remember when I first became a nurse and I had this one nurse that was training me. And oh, my goodness, she was just I, I don't know. I don't even know how she was a, a person that was training us. But um, I would come home every day and just cry and cry. And he would tell me, you have to stop crying. You cannot come home every day crying. You're going to have to learn how to stand up for yourself. So Amen. that stuck in my head what he was saying to me. Mm. And so one day, probably a year or so later, he was like, who are you? Where, where, where is that, that little young girl that I married? I was like, she left. Uh, <laughs> I said, you told me I had to learn how to stand up for myself and stop crying. So it is um, marriage is a daily, daily, like sometimes hourly um, learning process. But we can't quit. We cannot give up. Amen. Amen. You know, I still have some couple of questions I want to ask, but we're going to stop right here. Yes. So we hope that you come back maybe next month yes you know so we can continue and finish up this but we just want to let you you know, know the fruit of the spirit you know to call ourselves in a self-control let's control ourselves yes and in to anchor ourselves in god's hand amen and amen. give it to him amen. you know because god is our father yes he is and he's the only one we can focus on. Amen. And, uh, you know, so I just want to leave you with uh, uh, Philippians 4 and 8. So if you all have time, you read that Philippians 4 and mm -hmm. 8. And God will continue to comfort us. Yes. And we continue to hold us together as we go on this journey. The journey 
might not be sometimes easy. Yes. It depends on how <laughs> you fix it. He said, as you lay your bed, so you will lie on it. Yes. If you want a beautiful marriage, you have to keep on working on it. Yes. So if you don't want a beautiful marriage, don't work on. Don't it. work on it. Just like your bed. If you don't, don't fix make your bed, it. don't make it. <laughs> and yes. just get on it. Yes. And see how good you sleep. <laughs> and one thing we do want to encourage you to let you know, we didn't say this at the beginning. We are not marriage counselors. We're not yes. pretending to be marriage counselors. No, no, no. But um, this comes from almost 20 years of uh, marriage. Yes. Um, and this come from us wanting so much uh, for other couples to uh, do so much better than we did. Amen, um, amen, amen. We're not perfect. We still struggle. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, is that we own, uh, own it yeah. and we want so much to be better. And one thing we know, everything that we go through is not always for us. It's to mm. help somebody else. Yes, so be blessed on tonight. Amen, blessed. Yes. Anything else? No, that's it. All well, right, guys. Come well, come back next month. Yeah, we'll be back next month. We're yeah. going to do this once a month. Uh, if so, possible. If possible. So be blessed on tonight. Amen. Love you guys. Have a good one. Well, hello, everyone. Um been up since four something this morning our um, carbon monoxide uh, detector kept going off my husband changed the battery we thought it was the battery it still was going off after what after that so we called 911 had him come out come to find out it was not that it was time for it to be replaced um, but we thank God. So I've been up since about four this morning, four something this morning. It is now almost 9 a.m. Um, I've read the Bible. I've worked out. I've cooked some sausages. The girls had to be at work, all three of them, this morning. Um, my husband's still sleeping, and it's just giving me time to, like, really talk to God about some things and just think about different things in life and reflect over different seasons in my life. And I have really been thinking about um, legacy. Um, a lot of times we can get legacy mixed up. Um, I think we don't know what the definition of legacy and I was talking with my daughter on yesterday and how people think legacy is in a building. But legacy is not in a building. Um, you see families argue over when the pastor dies, who's going to get the church. It should go to his family. Um, his son should be the next pastor to continue on his legacy in the building that he started and uh, we've experienced that um, um, from church and I, it just made me think about legacy. It's not in a building. The legacy is in the character of that person. Legacy is in what that per person represented, um, 
how people saw them, um, what did they do for people, um, did they leave, uh, 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 was there a statement they that they made that people continue to use in conversations, that it encourages them, that it blesses them, um, when you think of a preacher, um, you think of uh, um, things that they preached on that carry on. That's a legacy. It continues, and, and, and another preacher can take that and continue to preach on what that person preached on because it was something that was said in that preaching that pricked their heart, that made them want to know more about God. So it has made me think more about legacy and say, what is it? And what, what legacy am I leaving? What legacy am I leaving with my children that they can carry on to my grandchildren? And then the, it just continues from seed to seed. Um, what legacy am I leaving as, as a wife uh, to represent me as a wife that my daughters will carry on, that their, their husbands will cherish? Because... Their mom taught them. Legacy is a teaching. Legacy is a um, a value. Legacy is character. I mean, like it goes so much deeper than what people think it is. But I can tell you, it's not in a building. Um. Oh yeah, it's not in a building. It's so much deeper, and it makes me just check myself it makes me want to be so much more um, spiritual it's also spiritual legacy is spiritual what what legacy am I leaving that will impact someone's life spiritually that will make them want to stay in this race and to know that at the end we win do you understand at the end we win Legacy, legacy is spiritually to me is is an impact on lives. Notice I said, notice I said lives. It's not one, but it's many. Because if I impact one person, and that person impact let's say ten people, and those ten people impact ten more people, and it just continues to grow it's an impact so what impact am I making in the world today that will take a legacy my legacy to go on not just from my from my seed but for so many other seeds as a believer during this quarantine time I've had to do some soul searching. I've had to check myself on some things. Um, Our youngest daughter said something to me. We were having a deep conversation the other day. And then she said something to me that pierced my heart. I mean, like, pierced my heart. Um, And made me ask God to forgive me as a parent. Because I take parenting serious. 
and she we we were talking I can't even remember how the conversation started but she said that one time I said um, um, it was a dispute in the house uh, between uh, her and her my uh, her and her dad and I told her that she said that I told her that she needed to be respectful and I and she replied but I also need to be respected. And I replied back to her and said, you are a child. You don't deserve to be respected. And I don't remember saying it. And I apologized to her when she told me this. I said, if I said that, I'm sorry. But it made me realize how we can say things in the heat of the moment and not realize the impact of what we're saying to people and how it affects people because it affected her. It affected her. And I, her telling me how it affected her affected me. And so as I, sit here talking and thinking about parenting I think about myself as a wife and different areas that I have felt in both of those areas and it just makes me want to be a better person it makes me think about the legacy that I'm leaving for my children for, for all those who are coming after me, the people that I work with, what, what, what impact have I made in, in, in the lives of the people that I work with? What, what impact have I made with the stranger? Even the people like when you call over the phone. Yeah, legacy. Just something to think about. Pondering your mind. That how I treat someone on today will affect. There's always a reaction for things that you say. Whether it be positive or negative. And I'm choosing today to be a better person. Just wanted to share with you guys, that's all. All right. Hopefully now maybe I can go to sleep. Have a good day, guys. Bye. Well, hello, everyone. Um, been up since four something this morning. Our um, carbon monoxide uh, detector kept going off. My husband changed the battery. We thought it was the battery. It still was going off after what after that. So we called 911, had him come out. Come to find out it was not that. It was time for it to be replaced. Um, but we thank God. So I've been up since about 4 this morning. For something this morning. And it's now almost 9 a.m. Um, I've read the Bible, I've worked out, I've cooked some sausages, the girls had to 
be at work, all three of them this morning. Um, my husband's still sleeping. And it's just giving me time to, like, really talk to God about some things. And just think about different things in life and reflect over different seasons in my life. And I have really been thinking about um, legacy. Um, A lot of times we can get legacy mixed up. Um, I think we don't know what the definition of legacy. And I was talking with my daughter on yesterday and how people think legacy is in a building. But legacy is not in a building. Um, You see families argue over when the pastor dies, who's going to get the church. It should go to his family. Um, His son should be the next pastor to continue on his legacy in the building that he started. And uh, we've experienced that um, um, from church. And I it just made me think about legacy. It's not in a building. The legacy is in the character of that person. Legacy is in what that person represented. um, How people saw them. um, What did they do for people? Um, Did they leave? uh, 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 Was there a statement that they made that people continue to use in conversations that it encourages them, that it blesses them. Um, when you think of a preacher, um, you think of uh, um, things that they preached on, that carry on. That's a legacy. It continues and, and, and another preacher can take that and continue to preach on what that person preached on because it was something that was said in that preaching that pricked their heart that made them want to know more about God so it has made me think more about legacy and say what is it and what what legacy am I leaving what legacy am I leaving with my children that they can carry on to my grandchildren and then it just continues from seed to seed um what legacy am I leaving as, as a wife uh, to represent me as a wife that my daughters will carry on, that their, their husbands will cherish because their mom taught them. Legacy is a teaching. Legacy is a, um, a value. Legacy is character. I mean, like, it goes so much deeper than what people think it is. But I can tell you, it's not in a building. Um, Oh, yeah, it's not in a building. It's so much deeper. And it makes me just check myself. It makes me want to be so much more um, spiritual. It's also spiritual. Legacy is spiritual. What what legacy am I leaving that will impact someone's life spiritually? That will make them want to stay in this race and to know that at the end we win. Do you understand at the end we win? Legacy. 
Legacy is spiritually to me is is an impact on lives. Notice I said notice I said lives. It's not one, but it's many. Because if I impact one person and that person impact let's say 10 people and those 10 people impact 10 more people and it just continues to grow it's an impact so what impact am I making in the world today that will take a legacy my legacy to go on not just from my from my seed but for so many other seeds as a believer, during this quarantine time, I've had to do some soul searching. I've had to check myself on some things. Um, our youngest daughter said something to me. We were having a deep conversation the other day. And then she said something to me that pierced my heart. I mean, like, oh pierced my heart um, and made me ask God to forgive me as a parent because I take parenting serious and she we, we were talking I can't even remember how the conversation started but she said that one time I said um, um, it was a dispute in the house um, between uh, her and her, my uh, her and her dad and I told her that she said that I told her that she needed to be respectful and I and she replied but I also need to be respected and I replied back to her and said you are a child you don't deserve to be respected and I don't remember saying it and I apologized to her when she told me this, I said, if I said that, I'm sorry. But it made me realize how we can say things in the heat of the moment and not realize the impact of what we're saying to people and how it affects people because it affected her. It affected her. And I her telling me how it affected her affected me and so as I sit here talking and thinking about parenting I think about myself as a wife and different areas that I have felt in both of those areas and it just makes me want to be a better person it makes me think about the legacy that I'm leaving for my children for for all those who are coming after me the people that I work with what 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 impact have I made in, in, in the lives of the people that I work with what, what impact have I made with the stranger even the people like when you call over the phone Yeah, legacy. Just something to think about. Pondering your mind. That how I treat someone on today 
will affect. There's always a reaction for things that you say, whether it be positive or negative. And I'm choosing today to be a better person. Just wanted to share with you guys, that's all. All right. Hopefully now maybe I can go to sleep. Have a good day, guys. Bye.